in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about craft, community, and building meaningful careers. Your co-hosts, John and Hugh, are here with this really cool guy called Stephen Wolfolk. He's a father, a partner, founder, and CEO of a company called The Universe. And he's also a very cool dude and a great friend to many. We met a few weeks back, the other month, at a local Arizona master, I don't even know what you would call it, uh, hackathon, <laughs> hackathon, I don't know what you would say, <laughs> trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to find modern solutions to solve water issues. And it was a fun way to meet. And from there, we were talking and said, hey, hop on the show if you're down. And here he is. Mm-hmm. So, welcome, Stephen. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, man. And just before we get started, do you think we missed anything or you want to elaborate a bit more on what you're about, what you're interested in, what you do? Please. I think the only thing that I could say is I'm just blessed to have this present moment right now, man. That's all that we have right now. So I appreciate you guys for your time today and for the platform that you're building as well highlighting cool people out there and i'm glad to be one of them (laughs) awesome man curious so just a bit about you on what's the universe about let's get started right there and absolutely the universe is a space in which people can learn to practice or learn and practice mindfulness techniques and then also connect with others The way I like to think of it is like everybody has a tool belt and we just want to help provide the tools and the space for people to practice and connect. And so we do that in a couple different ways. One way is with our online platform where we have our guided meditations, our sound baths, our affirmations, yoga, breath work, all things that can help people come back to the present moment, whether they're feeling an anxiety attack or just feeling out of balance. And then the other way is our physical products and our events for people to connect and to enjoy daily. So really try to give a full circle effect with our company. If anything, I feel like I'm in a headspace application with a person Mm. soothing me, your voice and the way in which you talk, the cadence. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Cool. What about you guys? Have you guys ever experienced any form of mindfulness or in general, any form of wellness that you guys partake in, whether it's, there's really so many different forms. She walking is one. (laughs) (laughs) I used to meditate 20 minutes a day for some number of years and it, it just used to be how like I would have a morning routine I'd go to the gym and then on the walk back from the gym I would go into the chapel at like the college that I went to mm-hmm. and yeah there was a point where I felt I felt like off if I didn't do that mm-hmm. but since then it's not something that I've been consistent mm-hmm. with and yeah 
Yeah, not not quite sure. Yeah, when I got off that train, but I enjoyed it at the time, and I was like consistent for a while, and yeah, now I'm back to letting life like like whoosh, rumble me around. <laughs> so maybe maybe this is a friendly reminder that it's out there for me and for anyone else listening. Yeah, I think of I think of meditation or I think of prayer as a form of meditation and yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. And, what about and you, uh, truthfully, there's many other forms as well. Like even just going for a walk. Everybody goes for a walk sometimes. That's a form of a mindfulness, just bringing you back to the present moment. So even if it's not meditation, man, you're still doing it. Still doing it. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. that John's goes climbing and does some other things. So I feel like probably certain moments that are quite blissful. Oh, I can only imagine the hiking and the mountain climbing out there in Seattle or even in the outskirts. Have you gone to Mount Rainier? I don't think so. I see it from, I see it from my apartment, actually. We have a view of Lake, Lake Union. <laughs> and then when the weather is nice, Mount Rainier is right there. um yeah not yet i'm hoping this summer is uh, a time of more backpacking and more hikes and more more being out and about so Mm. hopefully that changes in the next few months you got something on the map already mount rainier right there (laughs) i love that yeah and for me just different extra parts of the day right trying to find enjoyment what peace contentedness i think is something that's really large for me and the daily acts especially with the people that are close with me and in the things that i do hopefully i don't get too upset and then i also believe that on a there's different modalities and or paths or journeys in which one can express certain appreciations or gratitude for this kind of world we are created in a sense how does one do that i feel like a lot of different people have different spiritualities that express and teach ways in which they can show gratitude and or appreciation i think overall i'm continuously trying to get better you know, the more i look at your website i've been exploring the universe with a y by the way everybody the universe thought earth it's absolutely gorgeous and there's a lot of different <laughs> modalities from physical to physical products to services, mindfulness practices, and other additions that, wow, it's a really beautiful site, Stephen. Thank you, man. Thank you. That, that means a lot because I, I saw what you did with Project Oasis, man. You made that thing spotless. That was so clean. So that means a lot. Thank you, man. <laughs> that was like a, mm-hmm. a hundredth as clean as what you've got here, man. That was, that was such <laughs> no, a rough draft. No, no, no. He was being modest. He was being modest. <laughs> I'm, seeing that, I'm seeing that there's also a loose leaf tea blend business okay. as part of the universe. Wow. Absolutely. These photos are absolutely incredible. <laughs> like, <were these> gener- <laughs> Did you custom pick <laughs> these or are these from some template? Because these are beautiful photos. <laughs> A lot of them came from a photo shoot that we did last year. And the whole idea of the tea is I'm an avid believer in 
herbs and herbal medicine and just natural remedies and not wanting to go to traditional medicine. That originally started because back in like 2017, that was like the height of the opioid epidemic. And at that point, I was a pharmaceutical representative and I was like, one of the problems with everything that was going on, I eventually started to feel like, man, how could I continue what I'm doing, knowing the impact that's having out there. And then also that doctors and pharmaceutical representatives like myself were benefiting from it. That's just what it was and it's still what it is too. And so in that, right at that same point, I had moved from the U of A up to Phoenix for more opportunities. And my girlfriend and I were living in an apartment for the first time. I just remember the first two weeks, she was just crying every day. And I was like, oh man, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. And this was her first time being like away from the city that her parents lived in, which is Tucson. And so it was a big move for her. And so while I'm a pharmaceutical representative, I'm trying to figure out what's something different. One, how can I help her? But I know not to suggest doctors. But two, how can I create a new path for myself and not just go the path of least resistance? Um, and at that point, I had done some research and I came across CBD and what it was doing for some people throughout the world and how certain countries were changing the laws on it because of what it was doing. And at that point, I think the farm bill had just been signed as well. So that was a little more information that I could read into. And I suggested it to my partner. And one day, well, I forgot to mention, she was having anxiety attacks three, four hours sometimes and hyperventilation and just crying. And one day I suggested, hey, maybe you want to consider like CBD. It, it comes from a plant. From what I know, there aren't that many side effects, if any. And after she did a little research, she tried it before she felt <clears throat> another anxiety attack coming on. And within five minutes, her energy completely just changed. It was just calm. And so that was everything to me, just seeing that. And then to help prevent any anxiety attacks coming on, I was like, well, damn it. How do we stop getting to this point? What, what can help? Because like, we're working, we're barely seeing each other because after work, you know, you're tired and whatnot. What can you do to really just balance yourself out? And at that point, it was an idea I'd never even thought about. I don't, for you guys, when did you come to know yourself to be out of balance? Like you were consciously aware that, okay, I feel a little anxious or whatever. You're like able to pinpoint that thing within inside of you. You know what? What can I do to help this? Was there a point specifically in your life where you're like, something's off right now. How do I fix it? How do I help it? Yeah, I, from my side, whenever it's, there are different types of states of being, I believe, that have different feelings, both mind, body, and soul-wise. And if and when 
certain feelings of a certain amalgamation of those three come up, there are probably different types of remedies and or ways in which to address them. Certain times it calls for a walk outside. Certain times it calls for just going to sleep and napping. Certain times it calls for quality time with loved ones and other times going to the gym and getting some exercise in. Or sometimes I need to complete a quality amount of work that I feel is personally motivating and or captivating. And then at other times it's on a spiritual front of how might I keep improving that realm of gratefulness. And so I think, yeah, and I believe in habit building, of course, and atomic habits in a sense. However, with a constant flux in and out flux of change, there is never a pretty much even state of factors that will be affecting my state of being. And so if and when those moments come, it's more about how does one understand a dynamic changing environment, a dynamically changing environment, and how my self reacts to those, and then how does oneself understand which remedies come from those. Hmm. I guess for me, I don't feel like there have been like any single big points where I feel like things seem unbalanced, but I try to listen to my body and listen to how I'm feeling. And from there, evaluate, oh, I feel exhausted right now and I've said yes to too many things. So maybe this evening I should chill and like just try to sleep early or yeah. So I think there's a time and a place to, to say yes to a lot of things and try to keep up with all those demands. And then there's also a time and a place to, to have nothing planned for the day and be totally not productive, but or like unstructured and that feeling like good for me. But question for you, Steven, were you always someone who was pretty, how do I say this without saying the word Zen? Cause I feel like it might be overused, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like your voice is very calming and soothing and you're very like, just from the way you speak, you're just, I can tell you're just like, relaxed and no I wouldn't be surprised if all of these all of these like meditations you were the voice for so (laughs) is that something that has always been the case for you or did you also have a moment where you like realized that you needed it Um, so yeah great question I'll say that growing up I think I I experienced the exact opposite of the spectrum from like calm to just overly, overly stimulated from everything, whether it's from food, eating junk, candy, watching cartoons, all these different things really, I think played a role in me going completely on the opposite end of the spectrum as I grew and learned 
that all these things had an impact on my body, how I feel, the way I think, which ultimately has a, a huge impact on determining what my reality is. And so I think college is where I start to realize, you know what, maybe I shouldn't only drink Gatorade. Maybe I should toss some water in there too. Um, this is like the later years of college. Maybe I should get outside and go for a walk. The only times I would go outside were to party, play basketball, or some other sport. But I hadn't taken those moments to realize each moment as precious. I think one thing that helped me realize that early on in my college career was being so far away from family. I was in, I'm born and raised in the DMV. Shout out DMV, everybody that's listening. And then I moved out here to Tucson originally for the U of A. And just being so far away, it makes you look at life a little differently. Anybody that's traveled also will agree that when you travel, you start to really take things and special moments and compartmentalize them, whether it's a group of friends, whether it's experiences, but you gather all those things because if you're traveling alone, those are your only things that you have. Those are your emotional, your physical memory luggage, I guess I would call it. So I came out here and I was meeting people. And the thing that just really made me feel grounded was the fact that I felt as though I was always at home no matter where I was because I was home. The home was within me. And uh, long story short, no. I have not always been this way, but I think the more experiences that you have, the more opportunity you give yourself to grow into something that you may have never thought was on the, the canvas prior. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what the DMV is. <laughs> DC, Maryland, Virginia. I was born in Virginia. I grew up in Maryland and then went to school in DC. Okay. Okay. That's not something I was like, DMV, and just going through my head, like downtown Minnesota, like very, very confused. Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> Great. It's, I guess it's a uh, East Coast thing. <laughs> what, what was the contrast like? Like DC, Maryland, Virginia, and Phoenix? I'm sure they're, oh, man. yeah, yeah. Well, for, first I would start with the food. The seafood, of course, is just, it's just different on the East Coast and in the Pacific Northwest as well. It's just different. So you can't expect to get great seafood in a landlocked location. But the people, I would say both communities of people are amazing in different ways. Like I would say Arizona is that friend who you're able to meet new people with all the time, whatnot, but sometimes you never know if this person might dislike you a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because some areas, just like any part of anywhere in the world, some areas feel very welcoming. They feel amazing. Then there are some areas that feel like, mm, I don't know. 
I don't know if I should be over here. Not because it's late at night, but because <laughs> I'm a black man. And I, sometimes there can be a little mix-up in Arizona, and a lot of people can carry out here. So <laughs> that can be a little testy or dicey sometimes. But on the East Coast, I think there's so much, at least where I grew up, which was in Silver Spring, which is like Montgomery County is a city. It felt a lot more hustle and bustle-like. And so people and the connections that you make are in that realm as well, where there's not as much chilling or things like that. You're doing something. You're doing things. Phoenix feels a little more laid back, but there's so much, so many entrepreneurs out here, so much opportunity for collaboration and growth. It feels like a little California, I'll be honest, or a little Austin. I think Phoenix is more laid back because... You can't move too fast, or else you just you just sweat a lot. And <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> That's super funny. Yes, we are very we are the sloths, not on purpose. No. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Are you a solo founder, solo entrepreneur, or do you? I, well, so I'll say I have co-founders now, but I originally did start it by myself, but we are a team. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how long have you been working at the entrepreneurial path for and for the universe for? The entrepreneurial, I don't know what they call it, but the entrepreneurial bug bit me when I was back in college and I started a t-shirt business. I would just sell t-shirts at different dorms, including my dorm, and that went pretty well. And then I felt as though I had a bigger purpose, so I always knew I wanted to connect people. So about five and a half years ago, or almost five years, started the universe, and we originally started as an edible water bottle company, simply so we could help rid this world of plastic. But then it dawned upon me, if you put it down... And this is like right before COVID. But if you put it down, what exactly are you going to do? What are you going to put it in? You're not going to want to drink it or eat it after because it's <laughs> there's no casing. It's just <laughs> so yeah. That that ended that that business venture within a month. <laughs> but and then the universe came about just wanting to connect people and ultimately help my girlfriend. So yeah, yeah, about five years now. You didn't want to put the water bottle in another water bottle? <laughs> I was going to originally do seaweed packaging. But I was like, well, who's going to want to drink that, though? Because it tastes like seaweed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trial and error. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. Um, so, so for, for our 13 to 14 listeners, some <laughs> might be aspiring entrepreneurs as well. And with what you're doing, and the curious of hearing how that journey has been for, say, the universe, is it a full-time thing now? Is it part-time? What's been some of the trade-offs or some of the things you've been strategically That's a great question. That's a great question. As you had mentioned earlier, I'm a father. So first, when it comes to the universe, I like to structure my day around two things. One, my partner and I have a, a weekly schedule in which we switch off days and who will 
and be the educator and entertainer for our son that day. And the other person works on business and things like that. And so when it comes to being with the universe full time, it's something where I think everybody has to first understand what their intention is. My intention is to make this company successful by any means necessary. What does that mean? That means I'm willing to put the time, whether it's day or night, whenever I have the availability in, I want to put it in. And the reason for that is because I just know I am not built for a nine to five. You got to know what you're built for and what you're not built for. Plain and simple. I wish somebody had told me that life was a game when I was growing up in elementary school, kindergarten, whatever. Um, because then I would have looked at life completely differently where you can get anything in life, but you have to be willing to do what it takes to get it. A lot of people want to get the cake, but aren't willing to take all those calories on once they get the cake. If you want it, you got to make it happen. So I say all that to say, I decided to take the less traditional path of exchanging a 40-hour week for shit, sometimes 60, 80 hours a week just simply to live the lifestyle that I wanted. Sometimes I wish I did. Sometimes I'm like, damn it, man, this is tough. We got people not answering calls, got people, clients that got different needs or want some new stuff that wasn't part of the contract. There's a lot of things that go into it, but if you think about it this way, you are the painter, you are the artist. All of this is the blank canvas. Nobody has put anything. You can make of it what you want. And I think schools and the way the traditional education system is set up is to really foster and breed people without also giving them that, that seed of an idea that you can literally make whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you got to be a police officer, you got to be this, you got to be that. It's like, you can be whatever you want. And once I realized that, that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I take it that you were at a nine to five and you were like wrestling with, oh, I feel like I want to do my own thing. I, which I think is a common or I don't know about super common, but it's something that a lot of like young people in the workplace deal with at some point where you've been on this path and you're like, okay, I'm in eighth grade. I'm going to ninth grade. I'm in high school. I'm going to college. And at some point you real you're like, oh, what's like the next career thing? And it's just like totally unclear. And it's, no, you got to figure it out. You have to do what's what what depending on what opportunities there are what your skill set is like who's willing to take a chance on you and yeah i mean that must have been a difficult conversation with yourself to have but you can, can you walk us through yeah what was your what was the life situation like and and 
it seems like you had like you you had tried a bunch of like different entrepreneurial things, but uh, was there a point where you were like, oh hey, like this could really work out, and I'm just gonna go for it? Like, did you ever have that point? That's a great question. Um, I think the thing that made me feel as though I can't do this is anymore is because I wasn't great in grade school. I was good. I was good. Got B's. I felt as though every option on the plate was similar to the credit system, where you have to have great credit and then these opportunities are open to you. You have to do something and then this opens up to you, whether it's a job, whether it's buying a car, whether all these things, you have to please us and then we allow you to have this. I can't stand that model. It's you got to get a great score on the SAT, ACT, whatever, and then you can have access to this better education, quote unquote. I don't believe in that anymore. I believe that I would rather take, use my life as my opportunity to create my own version of generational wealth. And if I swing out missing, or if I swing and I miss. Hey, at least I did it on my own terms and I tried my own way rather than to answer your question, John, I was working as a, a couple different positions did it, but the one that really was the tipping of the scale was when I was working as a pharmaceutical representative. Now I've seen the impact and how many people were addicted on the news every single day. And although I wanted to start the universe or a version of a company, I needed capital. So I needed to work another job to be able to buy the first supplies and samples for our first offering, the edible water bottle. <laughs> and so I was working as a logistics person and it felt like a call center where we would get 150, 175 calls a day to different transportation specialists or truck drivers, connecting them from Amazon to Kroger and just moving packages and stuff like that. And one day I just looked around and I was hearing the conversations that were going on around me. And I just remember feeling a sense of low vibration. I see everything and feel everything in a vibrational field where love and things of that vibrational field are the highest vibration. The lowest vibration is shame, jealousy, things like that. And so I was listening to that. I was on these computers and having hundreds of conversations a day, all for a paycheck that didn't make me feel more fulfilled. And I'm a avid lover of this show called HGTV House Hunters International. Love it. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Great, great stuff. I remember watching this episode of this person who was giving up their job. I think they were making like 600000 in the United States. They lived in Southern or Northern California. And they decided to move to, I want to say, either Costa Rica or Spain, I can't remember which one it was, but they wanted to live by the water. And they said a quote that stuck with me, I'd rather make 30,000 a year 
doing a passion by the ocean that makes 600,000 and feel as though my cup every single day is more and more empty. I was like, damn. Do I want to wake up when I'm 65 and think, oh, now I can live life. Now I can travel. Now I can have the opportunity to do things I want. And it's like, that, that just didn't seem appealing to me. So looking at that from that aspect, I realized soon that there's going to be some things that I have to be willing to give up. One thing was a stable paycheck in the early days. You got to be willing to really grind things out. If you want to make it work and you're just starting out and you don't have any sales, hop on DoorDash, hop on Uber Eats. There's so many more ways now to make money to supplement your company than there were back then, or at least they were just starting out back then. <clears throat> so I would say for anybody listening or for everybody listening to really get into the weeds of what you want personally on a personal level, not what your family wants, because that's important, but they're not as important as you. What do you personally want in this thing that we call life? If you were to know that everybody is born with a blank canvas, you can do anything. What would you choose to do with your time? And something about sitting in that cubicle just didn't sit right with me. It felt as though I was not, I was cheating somebody else that didn't have the opportunity out of what could be done. Somebody that didn't have the time. Somebody that has all the money in the world, but they don't have the time to do what they love, their passion for. It was just, it just spoke to me. So I, I call it a download from the universe, but anytime you just have that feeling of, damn it, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? That's a download, man. That's your intuition, lady. Reconsider. Yeah, thanks for sharing. You mentioned vibrations, which is not something that I've heard. I've heard, I guess it it's a way to describe maybe like the energy of a person or people. But yeah, question for you is like, how are the vibrations now? And like, how do you feel about... Yeah. How do you feel about the work that you're doing? And yeah, do you have any, I don't know, let, let's say someone is like interested in entrepreneurship, but it's is unsure about the next few steps. And I'm sure like you still have a lot of tough work ahead of you. You have a lot of like, there are going to be tough seasons and everything, but then can you just talk about, I guess, reflect on the path that you've had and yeah, any reflections from there? Absolutely. I think, and this is going to sound cliche, but it's true. The best thing anybody that wants to start something that hasn't yet is to just start. When I felt that inkling that, you know what, I want to create a legacy for myself. I want to have something that lasts beyond me, that impacts millions of people, if not billions out there. What do I need to do to start? You need to have an idea. That's a good place to start. After you have that idea, go on to your local Secretary of State office website and register. Go to their Center of Commerce and register. Get yourself completely legally registered. And then 
the possibilities are endless. And there's even an option if you don't even know. If Say you don't even have the idea fully fleshed out. Because that happens too. Get it registered anyway. There's an option for any legal reason. That's literally what you could put down for your business. Any legal purpose. I can do anything that's legal. I would say start there. And then the next thing would be to determine what's my business plan. What am I doing? Who am I trying to impact? And treat it like an experiment, like you're back in third grade and you just learn about frogs and you have a hypothesis that a frog might kick if you're dissecting it and it's been dead for a week or whatever. Or if you you just learned about volcanoes and how you can test for volcanoes and with vinegar and baking soda, I believe it is. Treat it like that with a hypothesis and then test your hypothesis and record it. Record everything. This is the way that you understand how you thought in the past and how your thoughts have changed and how you're going somewhere even better. It's always good to reflect. And then the other thing I would say is only surround yourself with positive energy. Back to your vibration question. Energy is the only currency. I believe that when you have negative energy around you, whew, that can, I don't know how you get anything done. You could be so excited about something and then you tell somebody that has negative energy for whatever reason, whether they're upset, maybe they just been fired or broken up with, but they bring that energy on to you. It's like an energy dumpster. They dump on your idea and then you feel that energy. You have it within you. And so, be very careful who you tell your idea to with your excitement because there are some people that may not be as excited to see you going on a path of prosperity than them. Keep it as a need-to-know basis until you're ready to expose it to the world and have the world say whatever it thinks. And then the last thing would be if this is something that you really want to do, find a way. It's that simple. If you aren't okay with sometimes being unsure where the money's going to come from and you having to get creative to get it done, I would say still try it out to have that experience, but be self-aware. Tap in with yourself. Tune in. It's very important and it could save you your time, more importantly than money, but more money is important as well. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think to keep the positive vibrations going and energy going, on a tangible front, for those for those who create a company, the number one most important thing is to create value for those you serve, I believe, at least. And I would suspect that the universe has served many and is continuously growing to serve more. I would love to hear a bit about some of the experiences you've had throughout that journey of meeting, getting to know your first client or the community that you've built and or are building and some of the positive experiences and or, I don't know, testimonials, some might say, from some of the 
Man, you guys have some great questions. I don't know. That, you guys are knocking out of the park today. <laughs> I would say I remember my very first customer. It was an actress by the name of Viola Davis. And this is right when I started the universe, like my literally my first customer. She ordered online. It was like 5 a.m. in the morning. And I remember seeing that order coming. I was like, wait a minute. What? There's no way. And I hopped on Google and I typed her name in and then I typed CBD in. And I remember it popped up that she was interested in CBD. And it was like a couple of articles. I was like, oh, this is her. Holy snap. And so I sent it to her. And this is the first iteration of the universe offering. So it wasn't the best, but it was the best that we could do. And it just made my whole month, whole year. The first person that bought in person, I was at a farmer's market and his name was Nick. And I remember the thing I loved, not only about the universe, but just connecting with people is the random conversations that you have. That's one of my favorite things on this earth is random conversations that happen throughout the day. And so he came up to me and I could already see him looking at the CBD aspect and then the meditation aspect and everything like that. And so he just started telling me about his story. And there's a couple of people after him that came up to me and they started just telling me about their story. And it just felt as though these people feel called. I didn't even say anything to these people to get them to come over. I just had my sign, I had my teas, I had a couple other things, pamphlets and whatnot. But people felt this energy, this calling to come over and tell me their story and how they got to wellness or on their journey. And that's really what did it for me to not only hear their story, but then to feel that energy of people feel attracted to this. There's an energy here that's attracting them to the universe. And then the third thing that really did it, and that was a huge testimonial for us, was it was our second year in business, and I remember, I don't know what day it was, but I received an email from a lady in northern New York, and she had just founded a foundation, a cancer foundation, for patients that are going through treatment. And she was somebody that had gone through treatment and now wanted to give back and start her own foundation. And so she made gift boxes and would send them to different people in different hospitals that were going through treatment and just needed a, a sense of somebody being there and a couple of different goodies in there that could help going through. And so she reached out and she asked if we would be willing to give some of our products because she had tried our products, our body butters and our teas. And she asked if we would be willing to give them to people that are going through treatment. And I was over overjoyed is a, a minor way to, <laughs> to describe how I felt. And it just, it made me feel as though it's always beautiful when you create something and people, back to what you said, Hugh, creating value for people. If you could know when you're in kindergarten that when you're playing with Legos and somebody will be happy with the creation that you make from the Lego building or whatever, there's almost no feeling like it. Obviously, other than when you create something for yourself, that's a completely different feeling on a different level. But to create something and have people receive it with love and it to actually help them, 
it was everything for me. I love how you remember your first customers so explicitly. So it must have been such a such a big moment. And yeah, it's like just from the nature of entrepreneurship, you have these little wins along the way that, yeah, it's like people taking a chance on you, like random people who are like, oh, I really needed something like this. And it's like all those little wins that, that must be just, it's like not a feeling that money can buy. I'd imagine as someone who is not an entrepreneur, I would imagine, or maybe the podcast is something like that. Hugh and I have had those those little wins where we're like, whoa, we get to interview Stephen Woolfolk. Like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) founder of the universe. (laughs) Exactly. It's every day we are laying a brick. And at the end, when it's all set and done, we have a wall. But realizing those bricks, those little wins, like you said, got to appreciate those, man. That's what we have. That's all it is. This is present moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a, yeah, thanks for sharing your journey. I'm sure for the 12 or 13 people listening that it'll be really interesting to hear your perspective and Yeah. So I guess the question we make sure to ask our guests is like, where can people learn more about your work or reach out to you? Yes. Absolutely. They can reach out to me via email, your friends, spelled out, at theuniverse.earth. And then also our website, theuniverse.earth, or Instagram, into theuniverse.earth. Or not that earth, just <laughs> into the universe. And yeah, I I just wanted to thank you guys for having me here today to share my story and to also just get to know both of you as well. It was an awesome experience and I love what you're doing, highlighting different people. And another thing we like to ask our guests is what generic words of advice do you have for our listeners who... Yeah. Yeah. The words of advice that I have for all 13,000 or 14,000 people that are listening right now is, is be like the water. Be like the water. Be water, my friend. You gotta go with the flow and don't try to impose yourself. Water never imposes itself on its container. Go with the flow. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks again to everyone who stayed, who is listening to this episode, episode, I think 60 something of the Moon Tea podcast with our special guest, Stephen Wolfolk. And thanks again for coming on. If anyone listening wants to reach out to us for any reason, you can reach out to us at moonteapodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, with that, have everyone have a great day and we will catch you next time. Peace. Moon tea. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>